1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports.
2: All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the go-pick. The office is open, my friends. No Adam Ronas tonight. We'll have him back tomorrow. He and I will be together at 7 o'clock. Tonight, we get Doc Flint solo. Oh, man, I have so much to cover. I really do. This is a crazy day. This is a crazy, this is one of the crazy sports days. Well, I've gotten so many tweets and, and questions. What do I do about Melvin Gordon? What do I do? What do I do? Well, he's inactive. Okay. He's inactive. Take a deep breath. Melvin Gordon inactive. You knew this was going to happen. So let me explain to you guys what happens. Okay. And, and I know this from experience. I used to have, I don't, many of you who listen to my Sunday night show know that I used to talk to Dr. David Chow. He was the Chargers team doctor for many years. And so here's what Dr. Chow told me, and I'll tell it to you. When a player is injured, the coaching staff, the player, and including his agent, including his wife, and everybody associated with the player, and, and the doctors all have to get together and decide whether or not a guy should play, okay? So if a player goes, I think I could do it, coach, and the doctor goes, yeah, it's not gonna happen. If the coach goes, I'm not loving this idea, and the player is like, yeah, I can do it, and the doctor's like, we'll see, it's not gonna happen. They all have to come in together and decide, right? They all have to come in together and decide. When that happens, the guy will either play or he won't play which is why sometimes when you're like, well, he's only going to play 10 snaps, doesn't usually happen. Because when they activate a guy, he plays a full load of snaps. So Melvin Gordon, there was no way he was going to play today for multiple reasons. One, you have a nice 10-day window for him to get ready for next week. Two, the Chiefs are probably going to win this game with Melvin Gordon or without Melvin Gordon. Why risk injuring Melvin Gordon? Right? Chiefs are going to get a home field advantage. Chargers are most likely in the playoffs. It's really not that important you know when it's important? The Super Bowl, the playoffs. That's when you need Melvin Gordon. I think the biggest mistake the Chargers made personally was overplaying Austin Eckler last week. That was the mistake. I mean, I, along with Willie Walls and Sean Childs and everybody else uh, thought that Justin Jackson was going to get a lot of run last week. He didn't. He deserved more carries, but he didn't get them. Austin Eckler did. Well, then Austin Eckler gets hurt, and now here we are this week, and you have to roll with Justin Jackson. Would I play Justin Jackson tonight? Yes, I would. I have no problem. Okay? I have no problem calling Justin, using Justin Jackson. None. He's a good player. Is he a star? No. He's not a star. He's a good, solid player. Can he get 70 yards rushing tonight, maybe 80? Yes, maybe more. The Chiefs' defense is terrible. Their run defense is terrible. Can he get 40 yards receiving? Sure. So I think we're looking at 3 for 40 receiving, so that's 7 points. I'll give him 80 yards rushing. That's 15, maybe a touchdown. Boom, 22, tw- 21 points. Not a bad night. I have no problem starting Justin Jackson and his getting 21 points tonight. Could it be better than that? Yes, it could be better than that. I don't think it's going to be much worse than that, though. I don't think it's going to be much worse than that. I think that's exactly where he's going to be. Okay? Now, what about Damian Williams? I fully expect that Spencer Ware will be out. Would I start Damian Williams? Yes. Damian Williams, going to run for about 50 or 60 yards and he's going to have about 5 for 50 receiving. He's got very good hands out of the backfield. He's a good blocker. Here's the thing about Damian Williams. He's good at everything, but he's great at nothing. Good runner, good blocker, good receiver, but he's not great at anything. If he was great at anything, he'd be starting already, right? He was the guy who was blocking Kenyon Drake last year. I don't know if you remember this. Adam Gase loved Damian Williams, loved him, wanted to play him, gave him every opportunity. Problem was, every time Kenyon Drake came on the field, he ran for like 5,000 yards. So they, could, they, they couldn't they could play Damian Williams anymore, right? And then the offseason, they got Kalen Ballage, and then Miami had to go a different direction. But Damian Williams is a good little player. Would I start him tonight? Yeah. Five for 50 is 10. Give him another 50. Rushing is 15, right? So there you go, 15 points, maybe a touchdown. Boom, you're looking at 21. I think both guys are worth about 21 points tonight. I'll tell you this. I'm more worried about Tyreek Hill tonight. I am way more worried about Tyree Hill tonight than I am about Damian Williams or Justin Jackson. I own Tyreek Hill in a big OC league where I'm in top 10 overall, and I am petrified about tonight. That heel did not look good. That did not, They're going to have to wrap that sucker up. They're going to have to shoot him up, and they're going to have to put him on the field. That does not look good. This is You know those nights where Tyreek Hill goes, you know, like, 10 for 220 yards and two touchdowns, that's not tonight. Sadly, that's not tonight. I wish it was. I'd be your new rich friend. Okay? So there you have it with tonight. So let me give you some more plays about tonight. Uh, I'm never benching Patrick Mahomes ever. I'm literally never benching him. So Mike Florio put put a thing out, and he put in the top 10 picks of next year's Draft. And he goes, Gurley, Barkley, Zeke, McCaffrey, Kamara, Gordon, Lev Bell, Devontae Adams, James Conner, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Julio Jones. And I go, where's Pat Mahomes? Are you telling me you wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes over Joe Mixon? Two seconds I would. Two seconds. But Dr. Roto, you never take a quarterback that soon. You take Patrick Mahomes when he throws for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. That's who I take. He is so much better than anybody else. My only problem with Mahomes tonight is Hunt is done. Hill is not healthy. Watkins is not there. And he still gets it. He still finds a way to get it done. He will find Chris Conley, Demetrius Harris, Damian Williams, and Charkandrick West, and he'll get it done. Unreal. That's how good he is. And the crazy thing is, I still think he can run some in. Such a good player. So I'm playing Mahomes, I'm playing Kelsey. I'm playing Damian Williams. I'm playing Tyree Kill. I don't feel good about it. I'm not playing Chris Conley. Maybe it comes back to haunt me. I don't know. I'm playing Phillip Rivers, even though he doesn't play well in Arrowhead, but I'll play him. I'm not playing over Drew Brees. I got that question a couple times today. I'm playing Drew Brees. Okay? I like Rivers. I'm playing Drew Brees. Against Carolina? I play Adam Ronas against Carolina. Guy's got a good arm. I'll play Ronas. I play Justin Jackson. I'm playing Keenan Allen. I do like Mike Williams tonight, but, but, you know, I, I always ask myself, what's the pathway? What's the pathway to 20 points? Mike Williams is going to need to go like eight for 80 in a touchdown. I don't know if he gets that. I think it's more like five for 40 in a touchdown, which is okay. There's a pathway to 15 points there. I just don't know if it's better than that, but I'll play Mike Williams. I think he does find the end zone. I think it's going to be a good game tonight. So let's talk about a few things. Let's talk about the player versus the matchup, the player versus the matchup. Okay. This week, there are players that I like, but I don't like their matchups. I love Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is one of my favorite young receivers in the NFL. He is. But he had a crappy matchup last week with Patrick Peterson, and it gets Tredavious White this week. I'm not happy about that. So as much as I want to play Kenny Galladay, I can't this week because I believe he will be shut down by Tradavius White. And when I say shut down, he still may go 5 for 50, but I'm not getting the 20 points that I want because I want 20 points in a PPR league for my receivers. I want 20 points. I don't see a pathway to 20 points unless Tredavis White trips, which could happen too. It's possible, right? So I want you to think and look very carefully and don't just worry about the player, but I want to look at the matchup as well. If the matchup is there, Great. Let's play a guy. If the matchup isn't, I'm willing to go another direction. Would I start Mike Williams over Galladay? Yes, I would. I'd start Mike Williams over Galladay. I would. I've been debating this week between Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, and Kenny Galladay. I finally decided to go with Sutton. I may regret that. (coughs) It may cost me $50,000. I like Mike Williams, but there's Allen... Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, he's only has like 25, 27 catches in the season. Where Cortland Sutton is the number one guy and Denzel Ward's out. So with Ward out, I got to take my shot that Sutton is going to get the ca- the catches. There it is. I, if you ask me in the beginning of the year, I'd rather play Galladay. I would. I'd rather play Galladay. I just don't trust him. So I want to always play my best player. But let me give you this example. I like Aaron Rodgers. Good player, but I don't love him this week. Would I start Mitch Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers if I had them both? Probably. Would I start Lamar Jackson over Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. Maybe. But Dr. Roto, it's Aaron Rodgers. I get it, but he's playing the Bears. Look at Jared Goff last week. Jared Goff was a train wreck. And I should have known better. I should have known better. A California guy in week 14 on a Sunday night in Chicago in minus 10 degree weather. Come on. I need to know better than that. I should have had a backup plan in place. I should have had a backup plan in place. And I didn't. And I got lucky. The league I started Jared Goff and I lucked out. Only because my opponent played Russell Wilson, who was almost as bad. It's true. Okay. So Remember. The matchup is as important as the player, in my opinion. The best teams do not win a fantasy football league. I've told you that. I can't tell you how many times I've told you that. The best team does not always win. They should win. We want them to win. But they don't always win. Why? Because it just doesn't always happen that way. Because the matchups get in the way. Jeff Driscoll plays the Raiders. He's got a better matchup than Jameis Winston does. Do I like Jeff Driscoll more than Jameis Winston? No, not at all. But do I like Jameis Winston against the Ravens? No, not at all. I am not playing Jameis Winston this week. If you do, good luck. Ravens are going to kill him, literally. He may be dead. Matt Juden's going to sack him three times. I just don't think the Bucs can stop him. And Jameis is going to throw. He's going to throw interceptions. You know how Jameis rolls when he gets nervous. He rolls poorly. So that's what happens, right? That's what happens. You have to look at the matchup as well as the player. All right. I don't know if you guys saw this today, but there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't, this was crazy. There's a report on ESPN, and I just I have to talk about this. I think it's crazy, where they talk about what's lurking in your stadium food. Did you see this article? Go to ESPN. ESPN's Outside the Lions reviews food safety inspection reports for all 111 North American pro sports venues. Find your stadium and see how it fared. Okay, so I go down. The one of the worst, one, two, three, four, five. One of the six worst, Yankee Stadium. You ready for these violations? At six locations over various states, inspectors found raw, cooked, or prepared food as adulterated, contaminated, cross-contaminated, or not discarded. At one concession stand, inspectors found personal cleanliness inadequate, noting an employee's outer garment was soiled with a possible contaminant, and an effective hair restraint was not worn in an area. Inspectors found hot food at improper temperatures and filth, flies, or food in in or near food areas at legend's level location. For all the money they're charging at Yankee Stadium, are you telling me you can't find better hygiene? Are you telling me you can't be better than the sixth worst? How about this one? I don't know if you guys saw this. The third worst? American Airlines Center. Home of the Mavericks. Hello, Mark Cuban. Inspectors saw insects around the bar area one location and asked if pest control treat drains in the facility. Inspectors noted that an ice machine was contaminated and suggested that the vendor unplug it, empty it, clean it, and sanitize it. Inspectors found moldy moldy strawberries. You know, Mark Cuban, you're on Shark Tank. You invest millions. Can you just clean the ice machine at at your arena? I tell you this straight out. The dirtiest things you can use are an ice machine and an ice cream machine. You know those soft serve ice cream machines? They almost never clean those properly. I was blown away when I saw that. I'm like, how much money does Mark Cuban have? I watch this dude every week on Shark Tank. He's investing 500000 here. You can't tell me that you can't get some insect out of your arena? Unreal. Absolutely unreal. If you were wondering which was the best, okay, the best one was Oracle Arena, the home of the Warriors, right? That was the best one. The second best one was State Farm Arena, home of the Atlanta Hawks. And then Energy Stadium, home of the Texans. You know why? Because Bob McNair wouldn't suffer that. Bob McNair probably went through that stadium up and down and checked it out. Oh, Gillette Stadium, top five. Patriots. Think about this for a second. Maybe I'm wrong. Just think about this for a second. Texans and Patriots, two of the top five stadiums out of the 111 in North America. And how good are their teams? Hmm. Both might be in the playoffs this year. Does that tell you something? It tells you from the top down, the organization is terrific. It tells you from the top down, the organization cares about the little things. And when you care about the little things, you get the little things right and you get the big things right. That's what I'm looking for. Good for the Patriots and good for the Texans. Shame on you, Mark Cuban, and shame on you, Yankee Stadium, for all the money people pay to go there. Criminal. Flies? Contaminants? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. All right, when we come back, I'm talking Tennessee Titan football with my man Greg Arias. Was Derrick Henry a fluke? Was his game a fluke? How is Mariota doing? Will they let him out of the pocket? Where or where is Corey Davis? I'll let you know when we talk to Greg Arias when Scout Fantasy Sports resumes right after this. We're back for Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto here until the top of the hour talking to you about all things fantasy football. And I'm very excited for my next guest. He is one of my favorite guests out there. He really is. There's nobody who knows the Tennessee Titans better than this man. His name is Greg Arias. Greg, how have you been, my friend? I am
3: doing well. How are you?
2: I am doing sensationally well, except for one thing. I benched Derrick Henry last week in two leagues. And his 47.4 <laughs> points. Day. So here's, yeah, here, let me start people... with this. I know, Greg, so let me ask you this. When they, okay. last year, he was so sensational in the playoffs, they go and they get Dion Lewis, which I thought was a mistake, because instead of giving 70% of the carries to Henry, it became more of a 50-50 split. And then at some point, it looked like Lewis was getting 60-40. Are they back giving the football to Henry? Is he the main guy moving forward? What's going on there now?
3: Well, I certainly think and hope that he is, and I'll say this about Derek, to his credit, Uh, He said earlier in the season that he wasn't playing well. He was uh, off a little bit on his footwork and timing and some things, and he admitted this to to the media core here. But I think over the last five games, he's really started to find that, and you can see the numbers starting to improve. Now, obviously, last week, a bit of an anomaly. He's not going to do that every week. If he were, then this team would be in the Super Bowl. But um, he's getting better And I think he's found his place, and I think obviously that game last week gives the coaching staff a lot more confident in where he is now we knew he could do it and i think he knew he could do it for whatever reason it just wasn't working out and one of the reasons is because quite honestly this offensive line is not all that good to be to be truthful with you and i think they're going to have to do some things to improve that regardless of who the back is going forward but henry should start to see more and more of the carries and i think we're probably looking at a 60 40 or at least an attempt to be 60 40 from this point forward for him
2: all right, so in, in September, I was in Las Vegas, and I met Eric Dickerson. And I said to him, I said, what ED, I go, what is the optimal number of carries for you in a game? And he looked at me, he goes, the more the better. And I always felt that Derrick Henry was a guy who needed 20 to 25 carries, like he got at Alabama, to be that player. Do you think that the Titans will ever give this guy those carries, or do they just not want to run the offense that way?
3: Well, I think they certainly should because, you know, even though this NFL nowadays is a pass-happy league, you throw it around all over the place, you still have to have some balance. And so if you can get 20 runs and get this guy who is just a big physical specimen and hammers away at teams, kind of like Jerome Bettis, maybe in a little bit of a different style. But by the end of the game the other night, the Jaguars wanted no part of tackling that guy. And that's what I think they can get out of him going forward, and you're right, 20 carries, I think, should be the minimum this guy gets. Now, if you fall behind early and are down three scores and have to throw it, obviously those things change, but going into the game with the game plan, he should get the football at least 20 times, even if you have to throw it to him on some screens. Now, the knock is that he doesn't catch very well. I think that's wrong. He catches the ball okay. He's not ever going to be a Pro Bowl Uh, Player at any position because of his catching ability, but you can get him the football in space and get him out on a cornerback, and those guys don't want to tackle this guy when he's got a head of steam coming downhill.
2: Right, absolutely. I wouldn't want to be near this guy when he's coming at me. So you had mentioned the offensive line. Jack Conklin uh, placed on the injured reserve. Does that just decimate this line? I mean, can this team make the playoffs with this offensive line? I just don't see it.
3: Well, I think they can because... Quite frankly, Conklin has not very played very well uh, this season. Of course, coming off the knee injury and now has another one, but he ended the season last year. Dennis Kelly has stepped in, and actually Dennis Kelly is one of the five best linemen on this team. And uh, quite a few people, myself included, have asked the question, since this line has struggled, when are we going to see a move? You know, two games ago against the Jets, we saw the move in the second half where they benched Quentin Spain, uh, brought in uh, the uh, – I can't remember the gentleman's name now. It just escaped me. But anyway, the the backup center comes in. Ben Jones moves over to guard. I'll think of the name in a minute. But uh, they went with that lineup, and then Kelly came in to replace Conklin. So the thought was maybe that's the shuffle that they need to make. Get Kelly in, move Conklin to a guard because he's having trouble with mobility because of that knee issue that he's having. Of course, now he's out, so Kelly finds his way onto the field the rest of the way. I think they can make the playoffs. I'm not sure that they do, even if they win out rest of the way certainly they've got to have some help doing that so it's still a big question mark but even if they do make the playoffs I don't see them going far because as I said this offensive line is just not all that good
2: all right Greg let me ask you about Marcus Mariota and moving him around this is not a pocket passer this is a guy who is much better on the the move Uh, are they going to allow him to do that I've noticed that they've been doing it more are they going to continue with this because I think it just changes the offense dramatically
3: Oh, absolutely. I think it's something that they need to do, and it's something that we see them do in practice. You know, there's things that I can't mention. We're sworn to secrecy. You know how NFL teams are when you see them do things uh, that they have done in practice that we know they have in the in the arsenal of things they can do, but we haven't seen them do it on game day. And some of the things we have seen is he does move around more in practice and has been moving around more in games, and that makes him a better passer When he does stay in the pocket, because of that ability, teams now realize, and I think new coming in, but until you see him on the field, you kind of don't know these things, you know, other teams, but uh, how fast this guy really is until he takes off and runs. And so teams are trying to keep him in the pocket, and when you automatically start a play that moves the pocket and changes that launch point or that destination where the defensive line have to go to get to him, It opens up everything, unlike when we saw the game against Baltimore where he was sacked 11 times. He was a sitting duck. They never moved him in that game, and he took a bunch of hits, and I think that was the first step to these guys saying, hey, we've got to move him around more and use that ability that he has to move and to eventually at times run when things break down, and he can gain you some yards doing that as well.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that game did, did scare them. It did. So let me ask you this. Um, Is Taiwan Taylor going to be the number two receiver moving forward? Because I see that he's got a lot of upside, but they just haven't committed to him. They still are playing around with Sharp and other guys. When will it just be Davis and Taylor and those are my guys?
3: Well, I think we're seeing more and more of that now. Taylor did kind of take a step back last week uh, in the game against Jacksonville. Of course, I think probably everybody did, obviously, with the way that Henry played in that one game. But the week before against the Jets here, he came out and had a big game hundred yards plus had two big receptions uh late in the ball game that helped them one on the drive to get the field goal and then on the game winning drive to set up the touchdown. So he is starting to produce some things. I still think this team needs one more. Not necessarily dynamic, I wouldn't say Julio Jones, although obviously if you can get that guy, you take him, but another guy that can come in and be the third guy, maybe Sharp steps up in the future and does that, to take a little bit more pressure off and give Marcus three weapons, which he would have had if Delaney Walker had remained healthy, obviously him being gone for the year has been a big loss for this team, and now Johnny Smith down too. But they need that third guy, however they come up with it. And I think Taylor can be a solid number two, but I think he needs another guy to help him out to take some of the pressure off him, much like he hopefully can do for Corey Davis going forward.
2: All right, you mentioned Jonu Smith, but Anthony Ferkser has looked pretty darn good. Harvard seems to do a great job with tight ends. Cameron Brayton, now Ferkser. Does this guy have the potential to be a starter in this league?
3: I don't know if he has the potential to be a starter, per se, in the mold of a Delaney Walker or Antonio Gates or those types of guys that are uh, true number one superstar tight ends. I certainly think he has a place, especially with this team, and a role that he can play. And he is a guy that every game Marcus seems to be more and more comfortable with because as you said, Harvard, he's a smart guy. He runs the right routes. He gets to the right spots. He reads the coverages. He knows where he's supposed to be, and he finds a way to get open. Now, he's not going to turn any 10-yard pass into an 80-yard touchdown the way that John O. Smith did in Houston a few weeks back, but he can move the chains and be a valuable weapon, something that this team needs, a reliable guy that can get you that 7, 8, 10 yards in critical situations and keep drives going.
2: All right, last question for you. Has Rashawn Evans been what they expected? I mean, I know he was a really good player in college. Has he turned out to be the defensive presence that they were hoping for?
3: He's getting there. He obviously had some injuries in training camp that slowed him up, and then through the first few weeks of the season, he was trying to figure out what he didn't learn in camp because of the time he missed. But over the last three games in particular, they are very happy with where he is and what he's doing. They're starting to give him more and more things on his plate to handle defensively, and I think probably next year we see him step into a bigger role and probably step into a starting role for this team uh, going forward because he's learning and getting more confident, and he made the big stop on the fourth down on Fournette that set up the the 99-yard touchdown there by Henry. So he is what they thought he was going to be at this point. It's just a matter of him being slowed by the missed time and having to play catch-up.
2: All right, Greg Arias. I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy New Year.
3: Absolutely, same to you guys. Thank you as always. All right,
2: you, get, you got it. All right, that's Greg Arias. There's nobody who covers the Tennessee Titans better than Greg. There, this really isn't. I'm, I'm being I'm being straight with you. Okay, I'm telling you, he is fantastic. And you can follow him at Twitter, Greg Arias PFS. That's Greg Arias, A-R-I-A-S, P-F-S. All right, I've got a man. His name is Rick Laughlin. He covers the New York Jets. Rick, how are you tonight? Great to be with you. Doing well. I know. All right, let's get right to it. Isaiah Crowell out, and they talked about Trenton Cannon, not 100%. Elijah Maguire was on the, on the report, but today they took him off the report. Is Elijah Maguire the starter this week?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Maguire, of course, had that fourth-quarter touchdown run, fourth and goal to give the Jets that 27-23 victory over the Buffalo Bills. And he's really emerging as a viable threat, of course, injured, throughout the beginning half of the year. And last season started to show flashes. And, of course, when Bilal Powell went down with a season-ending injury, Isaiah Crowell, who had a 77-game streak where he hadn't missed a game, that's going to be snapped on Saturday. And so that's, you know, knocking on the door for Elijah McGuire to show up in a big way. And I think that ultimately, again, this is a Jets offense that has been largely anemic throughout the year if you take out week one, Jeremy Bates, the offensive coordinator, has not been very inventive with the offense. And you have everything on Sam Darnold's shoulders in front of a very unbalanced offensive line. I think Elijah McGuire will start and will play well. But unfortunately, he's only going to go as far as his offensive line carries him.
2: Are the Jets happy with Crowell? Should we expect him back next year, or will this be McGuire's team next year?
1: Yeah, I think this will be McGuire's team. I think the Jets are going to probably use an early round draft pick on a running back. It looks like Crowell, two guys really in Crowell and Anunwa, set to hit free agency. Anunwa, of course, has already started contract negotiations. He said he wants to remain with the Jets, and they're trying to iron out an extension. For Crowell, he's been too much feast or famine. He can break off those 50, 60 yard runs, but when you need a guy to get four or five yards consistently, He's not been able to do so. And now you factor in that he's been injured, of course. Who knows how aggravating that toe injury is. He said that it was the most painful thing that he's dealt with. You know, it's not obviously going to be a long-term issue. But I think for the Jets, look, Crowell had some off-the-field baggage coming in. They they caught a lot of flack for even signing him in the first place. I really don't expect, I think, when this regime turns the page from toggle holes and tries to address a lot of holes via free agency – I don't think Isaiah Crowell is going to be part of that puzzle.
2: All right, let's talk a little bit about Robbie Anderson here. Robbie Anderson was very good last year, but this year really hasn't been a sensational. Can we blame that on Bates? Can we blame that on Darnold? Who can we blame it on?
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely on Jeremy Bates. I mean, we saw in back-to-back games, it looked like Jeremy Bates was starting to take the training wheels off the offense. That was in the weeks against the Denver Broncos and Indianapolis Colts. You saw Robbie Anderson emerge as Dan Darnold's favorite target. He was testing the ball downfield. He was making big plays left and right. And then that sort of kind of evaporated, that the Jets went back to that kind of gun-shy offense, getting quick throws, you know, running very predictable first and second down runs and then getting themselves into third and long situations – And, again, I thought John Morton, the former offensive coordinator for the New York Jets, I wasn't really sure for what reason the Jets parted ways with him. I thought given the talent they had last year on offense, he did just about as good as you could ask for. And you bring Jeremy Bates into the fold, really doesn't have any track record for success with play calling. I think it's a lot of a product of that. And, again, it seems like he has a certain sequence of running plays, run, run, pass, and it just sets the offense up for fail. And when pass rushers have the ability to pin their ears back and get after Sam Darnold, he's not going to have three, four seconds in the pocket to get the ball deep to Anderson. He's trying to dump it off to his running back or to his tight end over the middle of the field uh, just to save his own life.
2: Is Robbie Anderson playable for fantasy owners this week against the Texans? With Nunwa out, would you play Anderson? Would you play Curse? Would you play Herndon? Would you not play anybody?
1: Oh, boy. You know, if I had to even play anybody, it wouldn't be Anderson, but i got to be honest, I would steer clear of any Jets offensive players this week. The way this matchup sets up, I mean, the Jets, if they stood any chance, needed a big big production out of their running game. They're now down Isaiah Crowell. You mentioned the injury to Trenton Cannon. A lot is falling on Elijah McGuire. And McGuire, to me, he can be a feature back, but I don't think that he's effective when he has more than 10 to 15 carries. He can't be that bell cow type of guy. And if the Jets aren't able to get the running game going, which I expect the Texans to bottle up, that falls all on Sam Darnold's shoulders, and he's not going to have the time to get the ball downfield. So for me, as a fantasy owner, uh, I don't care who I have it's on the free agent wire or buried on my depth chart. I would ultimately go with any of those players above any Jets guy this Saturday because I expect this to be low-scoring from the Jets' perspective, and the Jets were heavy underdogs coming into the contest, and now with two key offensive players out, uh, that doesn't bode well for New York.
2: Can I play McGuire? I mean, can I even play McGuire in a PPR league?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's an interesting play. I think that McGuire can he's not known as a goal back. I mean, he obviously had the touchdown carry last week against Buffalo. That, to me, is more reasonable than playing anybody in the passing game. But even still, you could see Maguire with 50 to maybe 60 yards, and maybe he sneaks in for a touchdown. So that's kind of a, a risk-reward factor. But, again, for me, I'm steering clear of any Jets offensive player this week whatsoever.
2: All right, Rick, I've got about 45 seconds left. Is Todd Bowles going to stay afloat, or is he going to be done this year?
1: I mean, I don't see any scenario where Todd Bowles comes back, whether he wins these next three games. The Jets are going to be heavy underdogs, of course, against the Houston Texans, Green Bay Packers, and New England Patriots of the world. Uh, that does not look like easy sledding. And even if Todd Bowles were to win all three of those games and the Jets were to go 7-9, and nine, I don't think that would be enough to save his job. I think – that Christopher Johnson, the ownership group of the Jets, realize they have to turn the page from Todd Bowles. They have to hire an offensive-minded coach that will be able to, you know, develop Sam Darnold and build him into a future franchise
2: quarterback. All right, Rick Laughlin, the the editor for the Jets and Mets for 24-7 Sports. I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy New Year.
1: You as well, Dr. Roto. Thanks for having me on.
2: You got it. All right, that's Rick Laughlin. You can follow him at Twitter at Rick, R-I-C-K, L-A-U-G-H, land, L-A-N-D. You want to know the Mets and Jets? He's your guy. All right, we covered a lot in that last segment. When we come back, I've got an inactive list for the Chiefs you're going to hear about. And one of the biggest guys in our industry was a disaster today, a complete disaster. What am I talking about? I will let you know when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this.
1: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 843-6879 The Fantasy Sports Radio Network Your free fantasy source 24 hours a day
2: Alright, we're back Dr. Roto here at Fantasy Sports 8 8pm And I'm back tomorrow night With Adam Roto From 7 to 8pm So remember We'll be here to help you Set your lineups for this week So just It's out here Spencer Ware inactive for week 15 against the Chargers. Damian Williams will lead the Chiefs. But I'm just telling you, you will see Charkandrick West a little bit. I don't think it's a Charkandrick West night. I think this will be more Damian Williams. But don't be shocked to see a little Charkandrick West. I say Charkandrick West gets five to eight touches. But I think Damian Williams gets 15 to 20. But I'm looking forward to this game. I'm telling you. So, as many of you know, I was in on Pat Mahomes from the very beginning. I know a lot of people will tell you that most people are lying to you. Okay, I was in on Mahomes from day one, and it's I can show you proof because in every league I pretty much have them. every league. Okay, and here I am in week 15, and I'm worried about this week. I have a word. I worried about Patrick Mahomes last week. And then when we went to overtime, I stopped worrying. 377 yards and a couple touchdowns. I was fine. But, you know, I I, I remember the good old days when Patrick Mahomes was getting 400 yards and five touchdowns. I don't think I'm going to see that tonight. And I really want to. I need it. I'm in the semifinals of my home league against a team that's as good as mine is not not better. I've got Mahomes in, like, every one of my high-stakes leagues. You know, I've got them all over the place. I just, I I hate Thursday games. I hate them. I hate to make decisions early in the week. So unless it's Kelsey, unless it's Hill, unless it's Mahomes, I just usually don't want to play guys. I, I always want to play a guy Sunday versus playing a guy on Thursday. But this time of year, the NFL plays Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's like every night is an NFL game. It's crazy. Unreal. All right, speaking of Unreal, Did any of you hear about Stephen A. Smith? Stephen A. Smith today was out of his mind. Okay? I'm just throwing this out there. He didn't know Spencer Ware was out. He was with Teddy Bruschi and Max Kellerman, by the way. He called them the San Diego Chargers and not the Los Angeles Chargers. He said he was looking forward to watching Hunter Henry. Oh, by the way, Hunter Henry has been out all year. And he said that Henry was going up against Derek Johnson, who's not even on the team. Now, look, I do have some respect for Stephen A. I think the guy has gone very far in this industry. And I think he's done it on being opinionated and having strong opinions, sometimes too strong right? Sometimes too strong. But listen, you have to know your facts. You have to know your players. When I first started in this industry, and when I worked with Roto Experts, Scott Engel said, never misspell the name of a player. Right? I was like, I laughed. I go, do people do that? He goes, all the time. Never misspell the name of a player, he says. Well, I think we're past that. You need to know who's on the team. You need to follow the injury list. You need to know that Hunter Henry is not playing this year. Now, Max Kellerman was like, "You know Spencer Ware is not playing, right? It's doubtful." And Teddy Bruschi, to his credit, just couldn't get over it. I think he was stunned. I think he was literally stunned. You could see his eyes. He's like, "Oh my god, how do I not embarrass this guy on national TV?" Well, look, if you're a buffoon who doesn't know who's playing, you deserve to get embarrassed on national TV. You do. And maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I think ESPN has totally changed. Totally. Do you remember when ESPN had, like, the best reporters? The best guys out there? Stephen A. is on 10 different shows. He's on 20 different radio things. They're taking this guy and milking him for all he's worth. He's like their cow that they just milk 27 times a day. It's just terrible. I know ESPN's hemorrhaging money, but can you give me quality reporting? Do you have to have the same guy on every show? I'm sure there are a lot of people in this industry who'd like to get out there and trust me when I tell you, you put me on ESPN, I will know that Hunter Henry's not playing. I will know that Spencer Ware is doubtful. I will know that Derek Johnson's not going to be there, and I know that they're the L.A. Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers. And by the way, I don't know if you saw, he was covering boxing the other night, too. Andre Ward had to hit him in his leg to wake him up. He fell asleep on air. What's up with that? Give me Teddy Atlas any day. Teddy Atlas is crazy. as a bed bug. But at least that guy doesn't fall asleep. Look, do your job and do it right. Seriously, do your job and do it right. I don't ask for much. And if you can't do it right, right, when you can't do it right, then get off. This guy writes here, it's a day of reckoning for many sports analysts, including myself, when we must consider how much father Stephen A. Smith has gotten in life, not even knowing which players are in the league. That was what DraftCheat wrote. You know what? He's right. If I'm ESPN, how do I not bring this guy in and say, "Dude, I think you need to take a, a take a, I think you need a paid vacation. I don't want to see you on our airwaves for a month. Tell people you were tired, tell people you were run down. Go into some, I don't know, vacation canyon ranch somewhere and come back rejuvenated. Because you're a joke. I can't afford to be wrong. This is critical. This is critical time. I can't afford to be wrong. This is week 15. I get this wrong. You're upset at me. You're not paying attention to what Dr. O is saying anymore. Now, I may be wrong. I apologize in advance. But I know who's playing tonight. My job is to know who's playing tonight. And my job is to tell you who to play tonight. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I will be wrong. Maybe Charkhandrick West will get 14 touches instead of six. Maybe Damian Williams will score two touchdowns instead of one. Look, I could be wrong, but at least I know the players on the field. You need to demand more. You, the consumer, pay for products. You should demand more. If somebody can't even know who's playing, why would you listen to this buffoon? And that's the word. because let me tell you something. If Max Kellerman did it, Stephen A would light him up like a Christmas tree. But nobody at ESPN doesn't wants to light him up because they know how powerful this guy is because he's their last he, he's their last guy. He's like Davy Crockett at the Alamo. If you lose Stephen A, who do you have? People you never even heard of before. That channel's dying. Seriously. And I, I'm not even playing around yesterday. I'm talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I hadn't spoken to him in a long time. And he was in, he's was he been in fantasy baseball leagues of mine in the past. And he's a great guy, one of the nicest guys I know. And he says to me that, uh, you know, he asked me a question for football, and I said, yeah. I said He goes, well, you know, I looked at different rankings, ESPN and Yahoo. I said, ESPN? Why are you looking at ESPN rankings? I said, you're my friend. Feel free to text me. I'm happy to answer your question. I said, I answer questions for people I don't know. I'm happy to answer your question. You, at least I know. But when he told me he's looking at ESPN and Yahoo rankings, I wanted to to vomit. Do you know when Yahoo does their rankings? Monday. Don't ever ask me a question on Monday. Here's my answer. I don't know. Because I want to give you my rankings later in the week when I'm locked in not on Monday when, I want to, when my job is to get them out first. First is not best. First is never best. That guy who finishes first on a test in class, is that usually the smartest guy? Not usually. Trust me when I tell you, I have, no, I have no idea who's even playing the next week on Monday. Don't ever ask me for my rankings on a Monday. I'm not giving them to you. Here's what I'll say to you very nicely. Please check with me later in the week when I've analyzed the games. That's what I say. So please don't check Yahoo. Let me tell you something about Yahoo. I had a home league, which we do on CBS. Which, by the way, I put CBS with Yahoo and ESPN in the same bumps. Do you know who they told me my worst selection was? This was an auction league. I bid $4 on Kenny Galladay. I got the thing and said that my worst selection was Kenny Galladay for $4. Enough said. Seriously. Seriously. Why do you go and find experts out there? You find experts because that's what makes us experts. Because I know to draft Kenny Galladay if you want to win your fantasy football leagues. I know to draft Patrick Mahomes. Could I have been wrong with Mahomes? Maybe. But you know what my argument was from the very beginning? How many guys had his upside? Nobody. Nobody had his upside nobody had his upside. Right? That's the thing about it. Nobody has Patrick Mahomes' upside. And that's why he's special. And that's why I still think he's a first-round player next year over Joe Mixon. Trust me, I'm not drafting Joe Mixon. All right, so let's take a quick look, a very quick look at this week's games. And I'm just going to give you A quick, a quick hit. Houston at the Jets. Put all your money on Houston. Except I am watching a cool 30 for 30, 42 to 1 on Buster Douglas. Maybe the Jets are Buster Douglas and Houston's Mike Tyson. It's possible, but I'll take Houston. Cleveland at Denver. I like Denver at home a lot. A lot. Arizona at Atlanta. Steve Wilkes is going to get fired. Steve Wilkes and Todd Bowles are going to be looking for jobs together. I don't love Atlanta, but I like him this week. Detroit at Buffalo. I think something's wrong with Matt Stafford. I do. I don't think he's healthy. And I don't like Kenny Galladay. Green Bay at Chicago. I really like the Bears this week. I like Mitch Trubisky. I like Tariq Cohen. I like Allen Robinson. I worry about Aaron Rodgers this week. I do. Oakland at Cincinnati. Give a risk on Jeff Driscoll. I like him this week. I like Joe Mixon. I like Tyler Boyd. Dallas at Indianapolis. I'm just going to sh- share this. I am fading Amari Cooper. I am fading Amari Cooper in DFS. No way will I play this guy. It's going to be over owned after last week. Did he have a great week last week? Sensational. Do I think he's a good player? Yes. I think he's been inconsistent in the past. That seemed to have changed. Dallas is getting him way more involved in offense. That said, he's 6600 bucks on FanDuel. He will be 50% owned, not by me. I might lose. That's okay. I won't have Amari Cooper. I think Indianapolis is going to be winning this game. I do. And I think Dallas is going to be playing from behind. All right, we've got a caller. Who's on with us tonight? Holly from Jersey, how are you? Hey, what's
0: up? What's going on? Thanks for having
1: me on. You got well, it. I was able
0: to- through, to the um, really quick. Uh, question for tonight. Um, I picked up Justin uh Jackson. Um, however, I have uh Leonard Fournette, Chubb, um David Johnson, Aaron Jones. Um, would you play Justin Jackson over any one of those? I normally run a uh three um running back set, and um, it's a full PPR lead.
2: Right, so, okay, so here's the problem. I'm definitely playing Fournette against the Redskins, Holly, and I'm definitely playing Nick Chubb. Those two are locked in. So, do I like Aaron Jones? I don't love him this week. I think he's in a bad spot, right? I'm worried about him. Who was your other guy?
0: I have uh, David Johnson going up against Atlanta. I mean, I like...
2: I like David I, Johnson. I do, but okay. I hate, I hate Arizona in general. Here's the thing though. I, I, I like Justin Jackson, but I think if I had Jones and David Johnson, I probably would wait and use one of them on Sunday. I just would. Okay. It's not like I don't like Jackson, but he's an unknown quantity. And I okay. think he's going to get about 15 to 16 points. David Johnson, Atlanta is terrible against, against running backs. They're terrible okay. against them. So I think I probably would lean David Johnson.
0: Okay, so okay. in that case, because I ended up dropping Tevin Coleman to pick him up today just because I was thinking I need like some huge upsides, um, given my opponent, um, who has uh, Patrick Mahomes and um, Tyree Hill. Would okay. you drop Justin Jackson to go pick up Derrick Henry and play Derrick Henry over Aaron Jones or David Johnson? Because that's who would be in my flex, basically.
2: That's interesting. The problem with Derrick, is it a PPR or standard?
0: No, it's a full PPR lead.
2: Yeah, Derrick Henry doesn't catch a lot of passes, right? That's the problem with him. So I like Derrick Henry, but I think the Giants are going to key in on stopping Derrick Henry if they can. And Derrick Henry, we had Greg on before. I don't know if he gets more than 15 or 18 carries. So I would say, look, Jackson and Henry are the upside plays. If you want to go upside, Henry's as upside as they get, and then Jackson. I think Jones is the most dangerous one, and David Johnson is the safest one. If you think your opponent can beat you, then go take the risk with Henry or Jackson. If you need to play it safe, take, take Johnson. Mm,
0: mm, Does that help? My, even harder. <laughs> I mean, I I'm nervous because any wrong move, I'll be blown out the water, to be honest with you. Well, and look, I'm,
2: time- I'm going to give you a piece of good news. I think Tyreek Hill is not going to have a big night tonight, and I think Mahomes is going to be good, not great.
0: Okay, if okay. I could, one more question. Um, yeah. my, I've been riding on um, Matt Ryan, but he's another, like, weak link that I've been nervous about. So would you still play Matt Ryan, or would you go with Dak Prescott or uh, Baker Mayfield?
2: Um, I don't like Matt Ryan this week very much. I don't like Baker at all. Can you get me uh, – who else is available? Just Dak?
0: Um, just Dak. Uh, Dak Winston's out there. Uh, Marcus Mariota. And, um, don't know, is and Lamar Jackson out there? Is no, Lamar- somebody has him. Nope.
2: I, I guess I played Dak. I don't really like Ryan at all this week. I don't. I think Dallas is playing at a very high level. I might give Dak a shot.
0: Okay. That's okay. What I was in. okay. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. You got it. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, my
2: pleasure. All right. Those are some tough questions there. I think people, you know, Jackson and Williams have thrown a wrench in for people this week. They really have because we don't, we don't know who they are. Jackson could be really good. He could get 80, 90 yards rushing. He could get 40 yards receiving. But what if he gets 32 yards rushing tonight? What if he gets 20 yards receiving? Would you be shocked? No, you don't know. That's the problem. You just don't know. David Johnson, I know. Aaron Jones, I know. But I don't know Justin Jackson and Damian Williams. Aaron Johnson, I don't like the ma- Aaron Jones, I don't like the matchup. I do like David Johnson. I do like the matchup. It's tough. It's tough. That's why we're here. But I'll tell you this. Adam Ronas and I will be back tomorrow night from 7 to 8 to hash it out and break it down for you. We'll have our friend Willie Walls on to talk DFS. If you want to find us in the next couple days, we're at scoutfantasysports.com. Come sign up, come join. You go to the member forums. I promise you, one of us will answer your questions. Not some dude you haven't heard of. Dr. Roto or Adam Ronis or Sean Childs will answer your questions. All right? But right now it's time to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. I want to thank Greg Arias for joining me tonight. Great job talking Titans. I want to thank Rick Laughlin. Great job talking Jets been a pleasure if you have guys playing tonight i wish you luck all right see you tomorrow this is dr rodo saying be well take care